Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, April 11, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Obviously, there's a lot of stuff on the docket today. The market is starting to move in the interest of reading the tape. Let's go back to last week. Let's discuss what happened, and then we'll discuss some of the numbers we already discussed last week, and we'll bring them back into the forefront. We'll look at both sides of the tape. We'll look at the bull case. We'll look at the bear case. We'll look at the short term. We'll look at the intermediate term. Get out your sticky notes. Let's rock and roll. Last week, the market tried to make a low. Thursday, it tried to rally. It closed right around the previous day's high, but if you remember, it was a penny or so short, and then they never filled the gap last week. So let's discuss this for a second. The gap comes in at 451.03. They came up short two days in a row, 450.69, and Friday the high was 450.63. And what we didn't get, and this is in the interest of reading the tape, what we didn't get was follow through. They don't fill the gap, we don't get follow through. Not filling the gap, we don't know that it's as bearish as it wound up to be until after the fact. We talk about this all the time, but under normal garden variety market conditions, not filling the gap was at least a bearish signal until it was filled. Coming up short and trading away is by choice. There are no accidents nor coincidences in the market. Let me flip it around and we'll look at it like this. Let's say we're looking for a support area. The market comes up short. It happens to be a gap. It starts trading away. What do we say? That's bullish. They'll be back later. But coming up short was a choice. It's bullish when they start trading away. So here we are, the opposite effect. They didn't fill the gap up north. They started trading away. It's bearish until and unless they go back and fill the gap. They did not do that. It's a unresolved piece of business for now. They made a little three-day wedge pattern, a bearish wedge pattern, and here they are falling out of that pattern. Okay, fair enough. Now that we've recapped what happened, let's get right to what does this tell us going forward. Below current price, as far as I'm concerned, F, and it's an F. You wake up on Tuesday, for example, the market's trading lower, or they're just trading where they were today, this afternoon. Most of the day, they were trading in a bearish, flaggish kind of formation. We'll get to the intraday activity later. So unless they're rallying and doing what we call a repair operation, then we have two numbers below current price that are extremely important. One of them we talked about last week. Comes in right around 436, 435, in that general zone. We put the line at 436. I would look for a spike of 436 at a minimum. But what's the number ahead of that? There is a number ahead of that. We'll call it 437 and a quarter. That would be more from an intraday perspective. The more important number from a daily or longer term perspective would be right around 436, 435. Now, Let's talk about something else. We've done this before. We're going to do it again. I think it's extremely important. The market rallied up to this price right here, right around 431. 
okay? 441, pardon me. And then it was summarily rejected. Then it went higher, so therefore we can consider this 441 area a breakout area. The market rallied up, was rejected. Tried it again, did break out, therefore it is considered a breakout area. Okay, fair enough. So now we're going to move the line for teaching purposes to 441, and we're going to do another lesson in hashtag reading the tape. Look at this five-minute chart from today. So all this activity is today, and they hovered right over 441. So here's the lesson. The actual pivot high was 441.11. We're rounding for ease of purposes. Little word salad to boot. So here's what happened. They hovered over 441 all day long. So what does that tell me? If I'm looking at 441 as an important spot, and they had an opportunity to come down to it in the morning session, but they chose to just hover over it and trade above it all day long until the very end. What does that tell me from a lesson perspective? What does that tell me from the perspective of things that A, I teach in here all the time, B, I teach inside the numbers all the time, and C, I teach in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader? What that tells us is that that number at 441 wasn't as important as it would normally be because they didn't necessarily come into it in a hurry formation, and then bounce off of it. They hovered over it, which kind of gives you one of those flares up in the air and says, hey, wait a minute, maybe that's not the destination. The destination has got to be somewhere else. So I go back to the daily chart and I say, all right, well, where is the somewhere else? Well, the next real big time somewhere else for me is about that 436, 435 area. And here's the zone that I'm looking at for a bounce back in the other direction, if reached, let's say, within the next day or two. 436 down to 433, the market should turn around and go back in the other direction under normal garden variety conditions. Now, what happens if we wake up on Tuesday and they're already rallying and they'd ever got to 436 and all that stuff? Well, then today was just a one-day wonder. They're issuing a repair operation, and we'll take it one day at a time, and inside the number, members will have a beat on whatever's going on first thing in the morning, beginning at zero dark 30. That's both sides of the tape from a daily chart perspective. I like to look at the weekly just to get a bigger picture perspective. We do it all the time. Let's do it again. So here's what we have. We have a tail candle over here from the week ending 225. On the daily chart, this is the same reversal day on the 24th of February. They ran a retest, and now they have a breakup candle to contend with. So I'm not saying we go all the way to the low of the breakup candle, but for them to run tests within the breakup candle, which was a weekly reversal candle. Very similar, same concept to the weekly tail candle. The market reversed. There is institutional participation in that candle. Those institutions at some point will come and play defense. What about from a monthly chart perspective? Well, for now, based on the last two to three months of activity, even four months, the market has a down candle from the high and now is putting in a bearish kind of flaggish formation. This is a monthly chart. A lot happens intra-month. There's a lot of points in between the highs and lows of these candles. The concept is what we're after. In a monthly chart 
perspective, they're making a bearish pattern until they're not. They're above all the moving averages, so there's nothing technically wrong with the monthly chart. It's still in an uptrend. That's why you can't trade from a monthly chart unless it's a long-term, what's called positional trade. What about inside the numbers? Let's take a look at what the commentary was today. What I urge you to do is pause the video, read the notes, and go back to the charts. I'm going to highlight a few important things. Then we'll circle back to stocks on the move, take a look at what happened over there. Happy Monday. We're starting the week with a pullback and some red on the screen. So we get right down to the numbers. 443.50 is important. So we say getting below and closing candles below is the more bearish case for lower numbers this morning. How much lower? Well, if they start closing below, we're looking at 441.80, give or take. So let's take a look at the numbers. Let's use a visual, 443.50, 441.80. Back to the visual representation. 443.50 was the line in the sand for the bull case. They start getting below. They close candles below. And what happened? They went down to 441.80. Now, because we put it on the board at zero dark 30, doesn't mean there's a trade at 441.80 when they get there, or it doesn't mean there's a trade to get there. That's covered later in the notes, whether there is or will be or isn't or won't be. We're just highlighting the numbers that I can see at zero dark 30 as being important. How the market trades to them and how the market trades throughout the morning and throughout the day is extremely important for whether or not there is a bona fide opportunity. The takeaway here is it pays to know your numbers. Much below that and the door opens for the big fat round number of 440, give or take. Well, they did all that as well. What about a rescue operation? We don't need that. But just in case, we have both sides on the board at zero dark 30. Now, remember what we discussed when we went over the lesson about the 441 on the chart. 915, here's the post. Let's say there's an early flush lower. 441, give or take, is a really important spot. So what I'm doing is I'm saying, hey, if they're going to get to 441 in a hurry, then I'm pretty darn sure that that's going to provide a bounce back in the other direction. It's a former breakout area, and if they're getting there in a hurry, that tells me it's a destination. So it gives me information. It gives me evidence to take away from the market. We also had the daily chart 50-period moving average slightly above. That was at 441.65, and below we had a safety net of 441 if they were to spike through it. It was a really important spot if they were going to flush down. Now, if they hover over it for hours all day long, it changes the whole thing. That's the point. This was all before the market even opened. That was the layout. Now, I'm going to scroll up, read the notes, go back to the chart. You saw what happened. The market just fluttered around all day long over 441. So all that stuff really didn't happen to provide opportunity. But that doesn't mean there's not stuff to learn in here. That doesn't mean there aren't important numbers in here. There are. Look at this one, for example, 1030. Let's say they reached, and here was a zone we talked about earlier. The bottom end of the zone was 439.75. That's also an important number. I don't put numbers on the board that aren't important. Every number has a meaning in its own right. 
439.75 was the bottom end of the zone. They got there, they spiked through it a little bit, and then they fought back to close the day above. Again, that tells me that it was also an important number. It's verification of the importance of the number. More word salad. What about right now in the aftermarket session? Where are they? 439.67 asking 439.70. They're hovering right around that spot. It's important. It's not the most important number on the board, but it was important today. Will it be important tomorrow? Probably not. We're moving along. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. Early afternoon, the writing was on the wall, so we have basically the afternoon schematic. You got a key spot, you got another key spot. If they stay below a key spot, they're going to get to this range, which they did. It's very difficult to short a quiet tape that's dripping lower. Why? Because they can have a rip back up in the other direction at any point in time. Case in point, let's say you were short the market waiting for this bearish pattern to play out in a lower formation. All of a sudden, they start to rip the market up, and you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, here it comes. I'm wrong. You have to cover. And then what happens? You're the last one out, and then all of a sudden, they go back down like you thought they would. That's the reason shorting the market when the tape is very, very quiet is very difficult, even if they're small. The rip-your-face-off rallies come from nowhere. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double-check the work. There's learning opportunities in here all day every day. There was only two stocks on the board today, NVIDIA and Square, or Block, as I guess it's called now. So Block didn't get to its number, but NVIDIA did. The reason why there was only two on the board today is A, we're at the front end or getting into the front end of earnings season. I think either late this week or early next week, they'll start to report earnings. And then the other thing is the market was rather quiet this morning, even though the S&P and other indices were slightly in the red, Stocks were kind of fluttering around in the pre-market, so there wasn't a lot of stuff moving at the onset of the day. NVIDIA hovered over the number, which was 217.95. Then they came into it. Then they started bouncing around. So from a technically perspective, did they do the thing? Yeah, they did the thing, but they didn't do it in the manner in which. However, the takeaway is what? You got it. The numbers work. Some days are going to be better than others. Some days you get no trades. Did we have a trade today in the room, in the live room? Did we have a trade today in the ES or the SPY inside the numbers? And the answer is yes, we did. Doesn't look like much. We're back to the five-minute chart. 443.25 was the spot. The idea was for a bounce back in the other direction. We got about 10 points or so out of the trade. Just to circle back and point it out, 932, and there was even something at 918, should be buyers, give or take, down there, 443.50. It's showtime for the bulls, 439, 939. Get my numbers all jumbled up. Closing candles below 443.50 is the bear case. A bounce back would retest 444.50, which represents a dollar in the SPY, or 10 S&P handles. 10 ES handles. That's a good trade. Where did they bounce back to? 444.50. Did they go any higher? No. The high here was 444.55, and that was it for the day. There was no other trade on the board. Sometimes you just have to say no. So 
we had a trade in the ES or a trade in the SPY. NVIDIA worked, but it didn't do the manner in which, and that was our Monday. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, here we are, and it's a critical place that they're in. So let me explain this one. In this case, the higher low is in jeopardy. So you have a low, you have a higher low, and here, you want to maintain the higher low. If you take out this pivot, it opens the door to retest the late February lows. Now here's something interesting. As we know, the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. Now it's bearish on the daily chart, below all the moving averages, the trend is your friend until she throws your shit out the window. And we've looked at this one too. This is a bear flag slash bear wedge pattern on the weekly chart riding the 100 period moving average, now all of a sudden below. So check out what happened. Again, we look at both sides of the tape where the umpire calling balls and strikes. So here we have a breakdown candle high. They ran a test of it a couple of weeks ago. Now they're back into the lower portion of this flag pattern that will normally play out in the southern direction. Now they've been hovering over this 200 week moving average. So it may or may not be support. There's a gap all the way down here. So guess what? On a breakdown, they're going for the gap. Not all at once, but on a breakdown, they're going for the gap. Doesn't mean they won't try and rally first, one more time, two more times, we don't know. But if they don't put in the higher low, then they're gonna retest the lows and all bets are off and the whole thing changes. It ends up to be a different kind of can of worms. The IWM, is my favorite market leading indicator. Bear flag on the monthly, underneath the 20 month moving average. Tried to recapture it two or three months in a row, including this one, hasn't yet been able to do it. Take out this low, which is the February low. Look out below, they're gonna come down from a monthly chart perspective to where? How about a former breakout area, 50 month moving average, that is a spot, as we call in the trading parlance, as juicy. That's not the specific number, but that's the general area that's juicy. We don't know when, it's an awareness that it's an if. Also, of note, so the IWM was down about three quarters of 1% today. The SPY was down about one and three quarters percent, give or take. It's interesting information at the very least. Remember, the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. Even though it was down today, is it trying to tell us something? Is it going to try and put in a higher low? These are the things that I'm watching. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So this is interesting also. Daily chart below all the moving averages. They got taken out behind the woodshed. We know all that. The trend is your friend until she throws your shit out the window. Very critical place the transports are at right now. So check this out. They were up today. What's the reason behind that? Well, we don't need a reason. We don't need an excuse. What we need is information. And that's information we can use. Why? Because it's my second favorite market leading indicator. The IWM was not down as much as the S&P 500. The transports were actually in the green. I can't help but notice these things. I cannot unsee that, but they're at a very critical place. Now they close below this breakup candle low. That's a negative thing for the transports. 
The last line of defense here is this pivot low and these lows that were defense last time creating this pivot low. So this is really the last line of defense. This is what? You got it. It's our Irene number. It's the goodnight Irene number. If they close a week below this low, it's goodnight Irene. The 100 period moving average is not going to be called in on the rescue operation. They would be headed down below 12,800. Write that down on a sticky note. It's a give or take. The top end of the range would be right around 12,850, give or take. About the Q people, well, here's the weekly chart, so we'll start there. Same story as the S&P 500. You have a tail candle, reversal. You have a breakup candle, reversal. Are they going to play defense, or is this going to be all she wrote? Under normal market conditions, they're going to play defense one more time. Remember that discussion we had about the gap above on the S&P that they missed? Well, guess what? Here's a gap. So the closing price on this candle is 328.15. The low in this candle is 328.40. So that, again, is unfinished business. Are they coming all the way down to run a test, fill that gap all the way down there on this run? It's possible. We have to be aware of it. It's an awareness. It's unfinished business. How do we know they're going to go all the way down to fill the gap? Is there a number in between that you can tell me or I can tell you that would be the line in the sand where A, they could have a reaction back up in the other direction, but B, if they start getting below, certainly on an hourly basis, and then a daily close below, then it opens the door for the gap. What is that number? 337.75. Put it on a sticky note. They can run a test. They can get below from an intraday perspective. Start closing candles below hourly, daily, opens the door for the gap. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. How about the XLF, the financials? They were down 11 cents, one-third of 1%. Pretty interesting how they found the low a couple of days ago, and they're nowhere near their low, but the S&P 500 and NASDAQ and other markets are in a completely different position. So what do we say? Again, file this stuff away. If the financials are not falling apart, is it likely or unlikely the rest of the market is going to fall apart? Now, if the financials fall apart tomorrow, that's one thing. But if they don't, isn't that telling us that maybe something isn't necessarily right? Maybe there are divergences. Maybe it's a fake-out operation. All that stuff. Maybe it's just a garden variety retracement, and they're going to have another leg higher. Start getting below 37.50 in the XLF hourly and then daily close below that. And they'll probably want to run a test of the low from the other day at 37, 36.98. And then it opens the door for that lower stuff that we discussed before. The trend is definitely down in the XLF. Daily chart is down. Weekly chart is below the 50 and the 20 period moving average, but well above the other two. And it's not really in the worst shape in the world. When you think about it, they're really hovering near the highs when you look at the long-term chart. And guess what? You have a breakup candle low at what price? 36.69. They've already run a test of that. Just pays to look at multiple charts from different perspectives, long and short. It gives you a sense of what the market is really trying to do. Here's an in-between. I look at the 120 chart, and what do I see? The first thing I see is a breakup candle, 
and I see them running a test near the low in a bullish flaggish kind of formation that will generally result in another move higher unless they break down below that low. Well, they haven't yet, so that's what this is telling me. So when you look at a variety of different charts, you get different pictures. Sometimes they confirm, other times they're divergent from one another. What about Smash Mouth? Now check this out. We had a number of 245.65. Okay, fine. It came up short on Friday. And there was another number above, but this was the lower line. So they came up short, making a low of 246.42, and then they gapped below that number today. So now you have to look lower. What's the next number? Well, really, it's these lows down here. So Smash Mouth is ahead of the curve. It leads the tech space in either direction, whether it's bullish or bearish. At present, you can see that this chart is bearish. The weekly chart, the 100 period moving average, is no longer garden variety of support. It would have been had they come down here, but they didn't. They missed it. They bounced up. They recocked the weapon up here, and therefore, if they come back down, they're likely to go through the 100 period moving average. The operative thing is to where? Well, let's just say below 233.50 and the door opens for a lot lower. We'll just keep that one in my back pocket for now. Just from a monthly chart perspective, and mind you, this is more of the beginning of the month than the end of the month in April, so we don't know what's going to happen, but this is one heck of a retrace from this tail. They close below that low. Again, this is just another way to look at the same thing. It's the Irene number. It's goodnight, Irene. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.